Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch. We watch Blizzard and their games. I'm Matt. I'm the host. With me this week are two amazing co-hosts, and I'm going to introduce him first this week because I almost never do. Uh, Mitch, what have you been up to this week? Um, not actually a whole lot in terms of uh, Blizzard games. I'm kind of the Diablo three season starts on Thursday, uh, so I'm sort of holding back on trying to you know binge anything. I know it was the double XP weekend, but I held back on that because I really, really want to save all of my Diablo energy for the new season. Um, I have you want, to come, you, know, you want to come bursting out of the gate. Exactly. I mean, I have played the Necromancer. I got it to 70 just to kind of experience. But as soon as I got it to 70, I pretty much stopped. Didn't really farm stuff. So I haven't been doing a whole lot in terms of Blizzard games. Uh, I did get a new Kirby game for my birthday. So I've been doing that a little bit, and that was fun. But Enjoy. otherwise, not a whole lot. Okay. Also with us this week, at this point, she is the nexus around which Blizzard Watch orbits like a satellite with a pulsating crystalline super brain at its core. And that super brain is Anne and Stickney. Anne, uh, what have you been up to this week? You just get weirder every week, don't you? <laughs> no, actually, I've, tiled, I've I've narrowed it down a little from previous he, weeks. I, he, has, he has a list. He's just going, you know, combine this noun with this adjective and see what he gets. <laughs> it's sort of like Leslie Nope with Anne a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Anne, you beautiful, voracious unicorn, you. <laughs> Anyway, oh, Mitch, belated happy birthday. Thank you. By the way, we should mention that. Da 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 da. It was Mitch's birthday. Yeah. Yay. Okay. Um, what have I been doing? Farming mostly. Uh, I'm still trying to kind of like clear out all of my sets, uh, my transmog sets, and I'm almost done. I have, I want to say like 10 sets left to get, both PVE and PVP combined. So. It's mostly farming old school raids and trying to get the stupid bracers that never drop. <laughs> Thanks. What, what bracers are those? Um, from which set? <laughs> oh, just... It's always bracers that don't drop for every it's set. Bracers or belts. Okay. <laughs> like I have okay, so, I, I, I did the exact same thing. I did the exact I same thing. I did finally because... get the right pants off of Magma Dar last week, though. So I was really oh, happy nice. about that because I'm like, cool, I don't have to go to Molten Core anymore. Cross that one off the list. And then the other thing that I've been doing is farming Paragon boxes. And it has gotten to the point of ridiculousness uh... now because I have gotten literally every other mount available out of those Paragon boxes, except for the Dreamwalkers one, which is the one that I've been farming for nonstop. Guess who's gotten none of them, or the pets, or anything from those stupid... Is there a pet? I know that there's, there's a, pet a toy from... the Warden. From... There's a pet no. from the Warden. No, there's a pet from the Legion Fall, and there's a toy from the Wardens. I okay, believe. I was gonna say, there's a toy from the Wardens, I know that. What's the pet with the Legion Fall? Is it that I dumb bat that you could buy? Bat. It's something like that, but guess okay, who wouldn't know, because he doesn't already. have any of them i have fell back the bats, i have a the lot bats actually the fell bats actually different it's not the same fell oh it's, it's slightly it's one? slightly okay. different but it's still who knows i'll never get it <laughs> it's still it's still the same it's a fell bat and it's a pet it's not something i can ride around but yeah so i've gotten everything i've gotten all of the other mounts except for the dumb dreamwalkers one and the dreamwalkers one is the only one that i want the unicorn so, right yeah the unicorn 
I just want a unicorn. I want a magical unicorn to prance around on and Blizzard is just not having it. It's sort of like it's like my shoulders, only I haven't been farming for it for like years and years and years. <laughs> Sorry, Rossi. <laughs> I you know, I I will expect I'll never get them. It's so. a white whale, but it's a unicorn, so maybe it's a white narwhal. Whale. You'd be white now. It's a yeah. narwhal. It's a narwhal. Like I said, it's a narwhal. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, should probably talk about them top stories that we then there talk about in Blizzard and all their stuff that they do. Um, I want we we have one that's that Ann added that I probably want to talk about first, just because I want someone to explain this to me. Okay. Um, M- Major League Baseball is apparently upset that Blizzard's Overwatch League logo looks too much like their logo. Is is that what I'm reading here? Yeah, there's... Okay, so there are some people who are saying, oh, the MLB is suing Overwatch. No, they aren't suing Overwatch or anything. Here's what happens when you do this kind of thing with the trademark logo, right? You have to, like, put the trademark out there and then when it's published other parties have a chance to look at that trademark and if they think that it's going to somehow devalue or harm their trademark their established trademark they can file an opposition to it um the ml mlb has not filed an official opposition to the trademark what they did was they requested an extension of the time to oppose that logo so saying that they they needed like an extra 90 days to like look at the claim and see if it's actually too similar or not um and that request was accepted they filed that they they filed it they filed it literally it was just like one day before the end of that 30 day deadline they filed that and they said hey we need an additional 90 days so here's what's happening right now the people at the MLB are looking at their trademark and they're looking at Overwatch the Overwatch League League trademark and they're trying to find out if they're similar enough that they need to file an opposition for it nothing has been officially filed yet it's just something that they're looking at so a lot of people are like well is the logo is it really that similar at all and the answer to that is no, I don't think so. The the main... I, uh, real quick, I linked it. In, anyone listening live, I linked it into the uh, chat so you can see both of them side by side. Yeah, the main thing that they're looking at is the MLB logo. It's a white silhouette of a baseball player with a baseball flying towards him. One, and it's a long rectangle similar to the long rounded rectangle that you see on the Overwatch League logo, except that one side is dark blue, one side is red, and. On the bottom, it says Major League Baseball. It's instantly identifiable to anybody who has ever watched a baseball game in their lives because it's slapped all over the place, right? Um, If you've paid any attention to baseball at all, you know what the MLB logo looks like. Uh, The Overwatch logo, in contrast, it's a girl running holding a gun and it's orange and gray. It may be that rounded rectangle and it may be a white silhouette, but beyond that, I don't think that there's enough of a similarity that they really need to be worried about that trademark being confused with their own. I don't know. At first, I was I was really confused. I thought Overwatch was supporting the MLB, and Tracer might be joining. Well, and the funny the part is, the funny Cubs. part is, is that you've also got the NBA logo, and the NBA logo, it went through just fine. I guess. Yeah, someone someone in chat just said, and the NBA logo is pretty similar to both right. of those, correct? Yes. Well, the it is. NBA logo is a white silhouette of a of a basketball player, and it says NBA at the bottom. The only difference, and it's also a long rounded rectangle. The only difference is the NBA one is a long vertical triangle, and Major League Baseball right, right, is a horizontal rectangle. triangle. Rectangle. Rectangle. 
<laughs> what was I saying? Triangle? Yeah. Triangle. Okay. Yes. So my brain, my brain. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. So the big difference here is the direction of the rectangle and also the fact that the NBA logo is included inside of the rectangle instead of below it. But so clearly the solution it's also here is red and the... blue. It's also red make, and blue, yeah. just like the Mego. It's just a different shade of red and blue, but it's red and blue. So you're you're pretty clear that, yes, this is an official sports logo. It's just this one is baseball because, or excuse me, this one is basketball because, look, there's a basketball player in it. <laughs> Someone in chat, you know, had the same idea. The solution is to make the Overwatch one a diamond or diagonal rectangle. <laughs> It, honestly, I don't think that the MLB really has anything to worry about here. And I don't think that the two logos are similar enough that it's going to, there's going to be any kind of confusion between the two. Plus, you're also looking at the colors. I mean, just flat out, when you look at the colors, orange and gray, that's not MLB. That's never been MLB. No, honestly, I identify things by their colors more than any of the other things. So, if anything, yeah. I'm likely to mix up the NBA and the MLB. Because they're both like, red and blue. It's Yeah, it's red, white, blue. I mean, that's pretty much how they've always been. Is And I don't think also that there's the really... Also the presence of a gun. <laughs> that, is, that is somewhat unusual for, for both baseball and basketball. <laughs> oh, no! He's going for a layup. Oh, the ball's been shot. <laughs> Everyone's going to have to get a new ball out. Oh, no! A gorilla charged the court. The gorilla is now jumping around. And Cheers, man with love. a giant fist. Yeah, I just I don't I don't think that I don't think that there's really too much that they need to worry about here. The fonts are completely different in the logo. The names are obviously different. One of them is Major League Baseball. The other one is Overwatch League. Overwatch is using the Overwatch font. Um, and... It feels like the major sports people are just like, "Hey, look at what we can do. You're in our league now." Like a just a big it... contest. I... Trademarks, law type stuff. This isn't something that they do just to be mean. No, they do this purely because they want to protect their financial investment. And keep in and... mind that the MLB has been established for so long now that they are really, really careful to protect that business that they, you know, because it's a really big, big, big industry. Yeah. Um, You're talking about like a thing where people tend to like, you know, get stadiums built for them. And, you know, municipal areas will use hundreds of millions of dollars in bond initiatives to do that. This isn't, you know, this isn't small fry. They're, they're going to protect their trademark. And they it have, doesn't... if they want to file an opposition to the trademark that has been submitted for Overwatch League, they have until July 26th to do it. So they still have, I mean, there's still time for them to do it. It hasn't been outright dismissed, but they just haven't filed that opposition yet. It's just an interesting thing that's kind of out there right now where it's like, well, are these two things really similar? And, and a lot of people are like, oh, no, the MLB is suing Blizzard. No, that's not the case at all. That's not what's going on here. It's just it's just a trademark thing. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, and, and once and if they file an opposition, what will happen is they basically discuss the trademark and, you know, people will argue whether or not it should be redesigned and so forth. Yeah. It can still, in fact, be approved even with an opposition. Yeah, it sounds it's, like it's time for the Lawbringer to make its return. <laughs> it's high noon. No, um, it's just, it's one of those things where... Uh, rumors of its... Uh, the, the rumors are, are getting a little bit more press than anything else. It, people are kind of, you know, puffing it up a little bit to seem like it's more important or dire than it actually is. It's not, guys. That's just a trademark thing. Overwatch League <laughs> is doomed. 
And even okay. if even if the MLB files that opposition and Overwatch has to change it, it doesn't mean that the league is suddenly going away or anything. It just means, oh, maybe that clever little logo that they put out there, maybe that'll change a little bit. I hope it doesn't, though, be because diamond. I really like, I like the logo. I really like the logo. I like the logo, too, but I would be really amused if they just turned it, you know, 45 faced, degrees. Faced her the opposite direction. <laughs> just that made too. it so that she just like did a did a mirror image on it. Okay, now she's facing instead of facing left, she's facing right. Ta da! We fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe well, toss it in the gorilla. Well, the idea of them trolling their uh, trademark is interesting. <laughs> I do want to n- talk about something approach. else. Yeah, I want to talk about the next thing because I'm really excited about it. Yesterday they announced that Chronicle Volume Three is coming out the next March uh, on 2018. I think it's March 27th because I should know this. Whatever. I think or tw- okay. it's it's the end of March. And um, I'm I'm literally squealing with glee pretty much continuously since I saw it. So we can hear it in your voice, man. Yes, I know I sound tremendously excited. So don't don't let that fool you. <laughs> no, I, I seriously I'm really really excited. One of the reasons I'm excited is because they put Toronto on the cover instead of Arthas. Toronto. Uh, I'm super happy about. But um, yeah, that's happening. It's Chronicle Volume Three. And it looks to me like Anne called it dead on, uh, because Anne, when we first talked about when Chronicle Volume Two came out, Anne, we were talking in our work chat, and Anne said that they would be basically. She was like, "They got to do the third war next. It's got to be the third war." And that looks to be the case because it talks about specifically Arthur Smithil, Illidan Stormrage, and Jaina Proudmoore's origins all get mentioned uh, just in the blurb for the book. So it definitely sounds like it's going to be. Third War. What do you think? Do you think Third War and lead up to it? Do you think it's going to go past the Third War? I'm thinking that maybe they're going to go past the Third War. I don't know. I don't know. Um, The thing is, is like, since the cover is that kind of blue icy color and you've got Taronda featured on the front of it, it makes me think that maybe this is just going to be a Third War focus. But part of me... Part of me is thinking, well, maybe they'll go into that whole transitionary period before World of Warcraft starts in earnest, too. When, I don't know. When did the Third War technically end? Like, timeline-wise, was it at the end of Frozen Throne or before that or after? Uh, the Third War ended before the Frozen Throne because the Third War technically ended when Archimonde died in Reign of okay. Chaos. Okay. And then the Frozen Throne started up after that. So we're looking at probably Rain, uh, Third War, the whole expedition to Kalimdor. Well, then we're looking at all the events in Reign of Chaos. And then on top of that, there's all of the events in Frozen Throne. And then beyond that, I'm thinking probably that transitionary period between that and classic World of Warcraft. Maybe even which was, classic WoW. They might even which was fold, what, four years? Yeah. And they might even fold the events of classic World of Warcraft into into this book like put it in at the end talk about anixia and all of that because that all kind of falls into place at the end of the third war and that whole transitionary period i think that probably like burning crusade wrath cataclysm is pandaria those will get their own volume maybe one collected volume where it goes over each of them because i again this is like established history the stuff that happens in in these expansions it's all established history that we're already really familiar with because we played through all of it someone Um, in chat slowpoke is suggesting maybe third war through wrath which would make sense in terms of covering arthas's full story as well as leaving the next volume for cataclysm and post-cataclysm but i don't think that's gonna be i think because i think that chronicle 2 ends like right at the end of the second war like basically covers the alliance expedition to draenor and the the closing of the dark portal and that's pretty much where it stops 
So, it, yeah, I don't think that it even went into the whole, hey, Ner'zhul was torn apart and made into the Lich King. Nope, I don't think that nope. was even in the end of the book. So I'm thinking my my pet theory is that they're going to do the whole bit leading up to the Third War, like the Frozen Throne arrives, the War of the Spider, um, what was going on with the new Horde. Like, I think we're going to see Thrall, you know, Thrall get featured and the rise of the new Horde and all that stuff before we get the actual Third War. Um, Arthas's life. So there's going to be stuff in there that's before the Third War. So I don't think they're going to do before the Third War, the Third War, everything from like Reign of Chaos and uh, and you know Frozen Throne, and then do all Burning of World Crusade, of Warcraft up classic to classic yeah. Burning Crusade yeah. and Wrath of the Lich King. That'd be that'd be a really big book. How many pages is this thing supposed to be? Is it available for pre-order? <laughs> it is. I think yeah, Amazon has the pre-orders, but you know how Amazon does its pre-orders. They don't necessarily show you anything before they, they don't necessarily pre-order. show you anything. But what I want to know is, do they have a page count? Yeah. Okay. Hardcover, 184 pages. I don't think that they can handle all of that in 184 yeah. pages. Yeah, that's a, that's about the same size as Chronicle Two. Yeah. Which I mean, granted, it's also around the same size as Chronicle One, which covered more events in terms of time. Yeah. But a lot of that was real vague. <laughs> you know, it was like, and then 10,000 years passed, and this happened. So, yeah, it's I don't. Still I don't one of those that. things where it's like, I. I feel like if they were going to write about more than just the Third War, Reign of Chaos, Reign of Chaos, Frozen Throne, maybe that transitionary period and classic World of Warcraft, if they were going to write about any more than that, I feel like that page count would be higher. But then again, that yeah. might not even be an official page count. This may be kind of like a placeholder thing and they will adjust it as necessary as more information comes out about it. Because, yeah. I mean, it's not coming out until March next year, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the interesting things is that Bl- we'll have BlizzCon by then. Yeah. So if they're going to announce there an expansion... There may be more information about it at BlizzCon. I hope there is. I do. Well, and, you know, if it's covering Arthas, it's a perfect time to be like, hey, next expansion might have some Lich King in it. You know, I know Arthas is not current Lich King, but <sighs> I'm still still hoping. I'm still hoping <laughs> for a, another Lich King expansion. Yeah. Point being, okay. it's coming out in March. Yeah. We're excited. Well, one of the reasons that that was announced is because um, SDCC is coming up, and uh, Blizzard's got a pretty big presence at SDCC. They have they have for a few years now. For people wondering what SDCC is, that's San Diego Comic Con. And used to live right there, so she knows. Yeah. She probably even went. A it's few massive. Times. It's so big. It's probably even bigger than it was than the last time I went, and that was years ago, and it was huge. So, yeah. They're basically they're announcing various things. Um, there's a Doomfist. S- exclusive SDCC thing. Um, uh, like when you say exclusive, is it like what is it exactly? Because there's not actually exclusive. Pan- no, these are panels. These are panels okay, I'm talking okay. about. There's yeah. an exclusive panel that's an exclusive um, Doomfist at SDCC, and there's an, another one that's basically a story and development one, uh, basically just about um, writing stories for uh, MMOs and so forth. That's also coming. They're going to be at that panel too. They, they actually have about six panels scheduled. Um, I'm going to try and go through all of them right now really fast, uh, unless you guys want to. Cause you you guys... sound like you have it up. All right. Uh, the first one's at 4 o'clock p.m. on Thursday. It's called uh, Creating Immersive Game Story, and that one is George Kerstick, who's uh, head of story and creative development at Blizzard. He's going to be uh, joining Leah Hoyer, VP of Creative, Telltale Games. And, you know, Telltale, I was just talking about them. They're also really good. And Guillaume Colomb. Uh, narrative lead at Bungie to discuss ways they create immersive game narratives. So that's an interesting one uh, that I wish I could go see. Um, I really, be... the panels that are here, though, I mean, 
the panels that they're involved in here are it's like Blizzard plus some other game companies talking about tie-in yeah. things. That's yeah. true. That's absolutely true. There's a console video game. The console yourself video games and books. There's simulate worlds, writing for virtual reality and games, which yeah. is that's interesting to me because Blizzard actually hasn't done a VR game yet, but we do have the Secret Squirrel project. So the biggest thing might the, be a the, thing. The biggest two panels that are going to be there. There's building worlds with Blizzard, and that one is specifically. Um, dedicated to Blizzard Entertainment talking about how they created their game universe and characters and things like that. Um, George Christick is going to be there too along with Robert Simpson, Christy Golden, Dominic Quek, and Stephen Chen. Um, and it's moderated by Kate Gary who's like a senior editor over there at Blizzard. So that one is like completely Blizzard focused and if you're at San Diego Comic Con and you want to hit that panel, it's in rooms 6B, C, and F and that's from 3.15 to 4.15 on Friday. Make sure you show up early because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how early you think you should be there. You should probably show up like <laughs> at least an hour earlier than that. <laughs> every time there was a Blizzard panel, every time there was a Blizzard panel at any of the Comic Cons that I went to, the line wrapped around like a couple of times. <laughs> and there's very limited Jesus. space. It's not, it's not on the level of Hall H because Hall H was like where they showed all the movie tie in stuff. And, and like the panels with all the movie actors and things like that. And those were just like ridiculous. But there was a line. There was a very big line. So make sure you show up early for that one if you're going to show up. And then the other one that they've got going, it's in the same room, 6 BC and F. And that's from 7 to 8, same day, behind the scenes of Overwatch's newest hero. And they're going to be talking about Do- Doomfist. Um, if you think that the Blizzard panel is going to have a line, plan on double that line for anything having to do with Overwatch. <laughs> yeah, Overwatch is really big, so yes. Really. <laughs> just just get there really, really early is what I'm saying. Bonus points if you show up in an MLB shirt. No. <laughs> but if you do that, make sure to silk screen it to be orange and black. Yes. So. Orange and gray. <laughs> uh, and but also think... um hmm? oh, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, no, you go. Okay, so the last one that they've got going is just an adventure in digital storytelling. And that one, it's another one where they're talking about, it's like a different bunch of different companies. But the funny part about this one is that there's senior Overwatch writer Andrew Robinson. And then Mickey Nielsen is there. He was formerly with Blizzard. Uh, Neo Edmund is there from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in the Red Riding Alpha Huntress series. And then James Waugh is also going to be there. And he was formerly with v- Blizzard. And now he's uh, the VP of development over at Lucasfilm. Um, and then Jonathan Callen, who's a writer just on Justice... I can't talk. Justice League Action. What is it about the word league today? It is tripping me up every time I see it. You but want to say also... society. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, Jonathan Callen, he's also the senior writer for uh, Survive Us. Isn't Taryn doing something at SDCC? Probably. He may be there kicking it around. The thing is, is San Diego Comic Con, I mean, San Diego is like meh, a couple hours south of Irvine. It's not far. It's not far between the two. I mean, we used to, when I was living in San Diego, we used to drive up to Anaheim and go to Disneyland, like on a day trip all the time, because it was like cool. a couple hours, um, depending on traffic. So, it's it's likely that there may be other Blizzard people just kind of wandering around. Uh, they also have a booth there. They will have a booth with like all kinds of merchandise and stuff like that. Um, I like that they've kind of changed how they address exclusives. It's no longer... 
SDCC exclusives. Yeah, they're not they're not doing San Diego Comic Con exclusives. They aren't doing exclusives that are limited to one convention or another. What they're doing is they're doing convention exclusives, meaning merchandise that you can only get if you attend one of these conventions that they happen to be at. So there's a cute but deadly Golden Soldier 76. The thing that I really liked here is they've got uh, the Hearthstone key art for Knights of the Frozen Throne. And I love that artwork. It's beautiful, and it doesn't have the text all over the image. It's just the image. Ooh. Yeah. And I didn't I ap- see that. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Because the thing is, is I like their art prints. I love the art prints that they do. But half the time, they do the art prints, and then they have the game logo or the game title or something like along the bottom of it and it just kind of obscures the artwork i don't care about the game title i just want to look at the pretty picture (laughs) i know what (laughs) game this is from it's not it's not a poster i'm going to slap on the wall it's something i would like to frame as a piece of art (laughs) yeah um and then they've also got some funko pop vinyl uh there's a carbon fiber uh diva that is a blizzard exclusive which is a different kind of thing and then did you see they have a cute but deadly bastion with Ganymede? Oh yeah, I saw yeah. That. I need that in the worst way. Um, <laughs> Sorry, but I really like the the Arthas, the the one they have of the Arthas, the little colossal sized Arthas. He's pretty cool yeah, that, too. Yeah, that's actually the best Arthas figure I've ever seen. They've also got a Doomfist T-shirt now, and the Doomfist T-shirt, I love it. It's like I I don't know. It's just it's like his face. It's like kind of suggestive <laughs> of his face with the like the stripes and then you can kind of see the eyebrow it just it looks really not cool his, it's a, not his abs no but it's a cool t-shirt it's a cool t-shirt and then the other thing that i really 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 want there's an overwatch diva bunny backpack keychain it's it's the pink bunny and it glows <laughs> and then then the people at overwatch went too far and made a baseball hat which is probably what drew mlb <laughs> down on them oh yeah see yeah, you make a ball cap and you're just <laughs> you're crossing lines. Suddenly they it's like what what? Okay, that's what. Happened. Now we know. So yeah, if you're at San Diego Comic Con, there's a whole bunch of merchandise to check out. And if I remember correctly, they are doing the same thing that they did at BlizzCon, where you can go ahead and actually they're doing the Blink line, where you can order your merchandise and pay for it on your phone, and then just go pick up your bag later. So you don't have to wait in the big long line to order your stuff. Correctly, the blink line was still fairly long at Blizzard or BlizzCon. Okay, it was if you went. Okay, if you ordered your stuff through the blink line and then arrived like on day one to get through the blink line, there was a lot of people there in the blink line waiting to pick up their order. Um, However, for me, I ordered stuff on the blink line. Uh, I want to say I ordered it maybe Friday morning. I think it was Friday morning that I ordered like a couple of things and then I didn't actually get around to going to pick it up until like Saturday afternoon and by that time I just walked in and picked it up (laughs) I didn't I didn't do the blink line but I remember whenever I did buy my stuff which might have been Saturday um I didn't have to wait even without the blink line well I ordered through the blink line because I didn't want anything to sell out before I could get down yeah and that was the thing there were a couple things I wanted that I wasn't able to get because I didn't do the blink line so yeah the blink line is I'd say it's very handy. Not, not necessarily a time saver. It will guarantee you the things you want. Yeah, it's it's a very handy thing. So if you've got 
if you've got um, the ability to attend San Diego Comic-Con and you want to pick up the merchandise, I would recommend utilizing the Blink Line thing. Like, buy your stuff in advance and then just go pick it up. <laughs> it makes life a little bit easier. And especially considering the convention floor is just, it's like packed with people. The less time you have to spend in the mass chaos that is downstairs, the better. <laughs> Okay, uh, I think we should probably also mention at this point because it's going to be in like at this point like nine days. Doomfist is coming out on July twenty seventh for Overwatch. Since you mentioned the Doomfist shirt, I think we should probably mention that Doomfist will be playable. He's not just going to be on the PTR anymore as of July twenty seventh. He'll be on so, PC and Xbox and whatever PS4. other PS one. He'll be Thank he'll you. be on every everything on the consoles it's... and PC. Um, what they might do, I don't know if they've said this yet officially, but. With the last new hero they introduced, there was a week between release and being able to be used in competitive play. They wanted to do that with the Horizon map, but apparently there's different technology involved in that. So Horizon uh, was, you know, available across everything uh, when it was first released. Doomfist might not be available in competitive for that first week, but he is still coming out July 27th, which is a Thursday. Next Thursday. Yeah. And I'm so, very yeah. excited about that. If you've been waiting to punch people and shoot rockets out of your fist, you will be able to do so next Rising week. Rising uppercut. <laughs> they had they had kind of an interesting um, video that they posted on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook earlier today where they were talking about they were talking about the development of Doomfist and kind of how he came to be. And what I find really interesting about the character, and I think it was Rochelle that was pointing this out in the in work chat as well, was that. Doomfist wasn't really initially intended to be a character. He was kind of like a throwaway. They needed a villain name for the Overwatch cinematic that they were doing. And Metzen said, Doomfist, that's a good name. <laughs> so they, <laughs> they designed this whole thing. thing it was like, okay, there's a Doomfist and da-da-da-da. Specifically, so there was some kind of MacGuffin there for... There was a reason for Winston and Reaper and Widowmaker all to show up and like start fighting and Tracer to show up and everything like there there was a re- there was a specific thing that they were there after it was Doomfist Gauntlet but as for who Doomfist was eh, it was just a name that sounded really rad <laughs> like that was it yeah and then players were like oh my god who's Doomfist Doomfist sounds super cool and they're like players uh. really latched on to it because they were like who is that what's that gauntlet for oh my gosh he punched Widowmaker like across he was a kid <laughs> What is that attached to? Who is that for? Like, are they good? Are they bad? Were they Overwatch? Were they not? What's what's going on? You know? Um, so, yeah. It's kind of interesting how he kind of just became this full-fledged hero when he yeah. was just supposed to be a throwaway. Yeah, Doomfist sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I agree. That That is pretty cool. Um, I'm going to mention this one because it was something that got reported this week. Um, as of this weekend, uh, Method has finally killed Heroic Kill Jaden, making him the longest Heroic boss to stay up, the Heroic end boss to stay up since Cataclysm. Since yeah, Alakir, right? Alakir. Yeah, he was Alakir, like 40-some days, yeah. I think. Alakir lasted 47, 42 days. Alakir uh, was such a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah, it was not fun. I'm just remembering um, I'm exploits. saying Heroic Kill Jaden, but it's Mythic Kill Jaden. I'm sorry, that's my bad. Mythic Kill Jaden, yeah. Back in my oh, yeah. day, it was just heroic was the highest. Yeah, but so Mythic Kill Jaden is now the you know he's now dead. Um, oh yeah. If you look at the uh, posts that that various members of Method made to their Twitter feeds and so forth, one of the things that breaks down is that this fight was seriously overtuned. Yeah. Because when was they, it, they was patched, it overtuned or was it bugged? 
No, it was it was it overtuned. Was, it was overtuned because they didn't they did some bug fixes, but they also just straight up lowered some abilities. Like, um, okay, there's there's one ability that summoned like seven blades, and then they lowered it to only summon five. And if you look at the changes that they made, uh, even with those changes, they the method posted a um, list of wipe attempts, like how many times it took them to kill certain bosses, and it's something like three zero zero three. 13, uh, 39, 73. They had like what, 700 wipes overall? No, no, way more than that because it was 452 wipes. 453 for Avatar. Yeah, 453 for Avatar and 654 for Kill Jaden. Okay. 654 wipes. Yeah, just on Kill Jaden. Just on Kill Jaden. There were more wipes on Kill Jaden than I think in every other boss combined, correct? Yeah, if you add everyone else together, they they don't quite make 653. <laughs> um, Zell, the Canadian in chat, actually pointed out they killed him on the two-year anniversary of their mythic Archimonde kill, which is In Hellfire cool. Citadel, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. It's been two years since, since mythic Archimonde? Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. It this doesn't feel like it's been that long. This expansion will be a year next month, won't it? I think so, yeah. Yep, August 30th. And, and the thing is, is like... It this doesn't is totally what I'm calling seven three. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, and I think it's well, just because we've had this steady stream of patches and content. Really. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even feel like we're going into seven point three. Like seven point two isn't the end of this expansion either. We'd gotten the last content we were going to get a year into Cataclysm. A Warlords long time can't. before. So Warlords, yeah, Warlords. For Warlords, excuse me. You know, that's uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of other expansions. <laughs> I look back on Cataclysm as a Golden Age now after Warlords. God. <laughs> no, Mr. Pandaria. Mr. Pandaria oh. still rates highest out of the uh, other ones. No, no. I Legion is it's, Legion it's, is slowly trying to take over first place for me. Um, I'm and just, I, I'm just I, happy that we've had stuff to do. Yeah, it's just it, yeah. that distribution that distribution that they've happened upon for Legion as far as like patches and how much content is in each patch and when it's released I it feels like they've kind of hit the right spot where we're not dragging too long between patches where it feels like uh, I should cancel my subscription and go find something else to do it's they it's keep very coming mist. out with new stuff. It's very much like Mists up until Mists hit its its doldrum phase. Mists was doing this. Mists was anything, fantastic Mist was... until Siege of Orgrimmar hit. Yeah, they dropped Siege of Orgrimmar, and then they didn't have anything. That was yeah. the problem. Yeah. Yeah. If if Siege had lasted six months, we'd be talking about how it was you know, absolutely the greatest rating that they'd done in years. Do you think they should have staggered the Timeless Isle and Siege of Orgrimmar? I always felt like they should have staggered every patch they did by another month. Yeah, because yeah. it, it felt if pretty fast waited, and furious right at the beginning there. If if they waited, I honestly feel like Legion has kind of done it better because Legion has never felt like another patch already. It's always felt like okay, I'm about ready for another patch right about now. Yeah. Well, it's because they're also it's because they're staggering the raids with the patches, and I I don't necessarily like the the staggering that they did with seven two because I think some of the content was pretty bare bones, but the fact that they're staggering the raid releases seems to be working. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I, I honestly feel like Legion has done a really good job in terms of making it feel like, even when I'm not raiding, I feel like I have stuff to do. I, I There's perfectly good reasons for me to log on. So, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Okay. We got about 20 minutes left. 
let's get to emails. We should. Yeah, we should. We should move on to some emails. Uh, if you have an email for the show, um, you can send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Uh, if you put Blizzard Watch or podcast in the subject line, we try to include them. Uh, as is always the case, if you can try and keep them a little short, that'd be great because you know we have to read them on the air, and that you know the shorter they are, the faster we can get through them and get get as many answers to you guys as possible. And almost always reads them for us, and she's going to do so now if you don't mind it. Okay, first email is from Frosco from Icecrown US, who says, Hello, Watchers of Blizzard. I'm really excited for Patch 7.3, especially the new quest content on Argus and also the new caster animations. However, after playing a little bit on the PTR, this is not going to be spoiler-laden, is it? No, it's not. Okay. No. Uh, this after playing a little bit on the PTR, I'm disappointed with how similar Argus feels and looks to the Broken Shore. It almost feels like an extension of that zone. What are your thoughts on the aesthetic of Argus, and how much do you think it... It should be differentiated from the Broken Shore. Thanks, Frosco. I, I honestly, can I say, yeah, I want to say this too. I think you're going to say the same thing. I don't that think it, it's not. Yeah, I don't think it feels the same at all. Uh, but when you get to Argus, the first zone is called Crokun. Yeah. And Crokun kind of has a little bit of that. Well, because yeah, because there's like the yeah. fell stuff going on. And, yeah. and you know, like, any, then... any place where the Legion's got a presence, it's going to be all dark foreboding. Oh, no, there's green goo on the ground, that kind of thing. Yes. But they, they definitely break it up with purples. And then you go into different areas where suddenly it's bright red and there's a giant red robot walking around. And then you get a little further out and there's like this whole weird like blasted heath type place with like weird purple flowers. And there's like enemy camps with like the, the, the Army of Light has these camps with these really awesome looking things. Let's, I'm just, let's not spoil it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not just saying it's different looking. It looks different. There's lots of variation. The next zone is even more so. You There's may not three, have gotten far enough into it, Frosco, to notice the differences, but the differences are there. And we like, still don't have the third zone, zones. right? No, we, yeah. don't, we don't have the third zone, and we don't really know what the inside of the raid dungeon look like either. Like yeah, We've that, seen a little of that data mine, but not much. That does remind me, the PTR did go down for a new build this afternoon, so we may be getting the third zone this time around. I, they haven't posted details yet, but... This soon? That's just... Uh, I mean, they released the first and second zones about a week or two apart. I yeah, mean, I'm just wondering if they would slap in the third one that quick or give us another. I, I don't. To check I it don't. Out. I don't know. I don't know if they will or not, but it's we'll something to keep out. an eye out for either way. We'll find yeah, out. Yeah, it, it, but definitely, I feel like the color palette is vastly, dramatically wider than the the Broken Shore, and it's a ton of content. I mean, think about this. We're talking three zones here. It's like they're, a mini. Not, it's yeah. like a mini Broken Isles. <laughs> and they're like each zone is what roughly the size of the Broken Shore. Yeah, uh, they're fairly, they're fairly sizable. Yeah. Um, can I say the name of the second zone? Oh, that you think that's yeah, a spoiler? No, go ahead. The second I... zone's name is Makari, and it's if you played it back in vanilla. Yeah, and it's it is big. It is like twice as big as Shatra and as and Akendown back in the day put together. It's it's big. They the the video exploring it barely covers half of it it's it's a big zone yeah so uh, i mean i haven't seen too much of the btr uh, zone previews personally um because there's just so much to do in legion but the stuff i have seen doesn't i mean it it feels like there's fell but i don't i don't know i don't think it's too much like the broken shore um and the skybox is gorgeous it's amazing. Um, so yeah, Frosco, maybe you just didn't get far enough into it because I know like the early bits, the very early bits, do feel a little bit broken shore-ish, just because oh, heavy legion presence. Look, there's demons everywhere, and there's green all over the ground, and all this other stuff. 
but it very quickly kind of that fades away and then you really do get a sense that you're on an alien world it's not um a bright shiny happy new alien world because well you know it's legion central but it's an alien world and i feel like it feels different i don't know uh, i and to answer the second part of the question it should be different like yeah i i think a, a whole new planet should feel different than the broken shore yeah and i think the, it absolutely the base does. template yeah. is not the same <laughs> No, yeah. there's, and there is again when the spoiler event happens that I can't tell you about, and I don't want to. The, the place changes. It is, it is pretty dramatic. The the, the boundary transitions are interesting. Illidan opens up another freaking world. Come on, man. That's that's what we're going to be doing till the end of time. We're just going to be skipping worlds, a la sliders. <laughs> I hope I've you've gone got... mad with power. Here's another world. Here's I hope you guys. World. I hope you guys were puts on sunglasses. Someone prepared. Someone make that, <laughs> someone make that uh, Oprah Bee's gif, except Illidan with its Argaric keystone and planets. Please do. <laughs> you get a planet. You get a planet. Okay. Yeah. Um, thanks, Roscoe, for the question. Next email is from Balak, uh, Blood Elf Priest on Farstriders US and proud patron. Thanks for your patronage. Who says, hello, watchers. I was listening to last week's podcast and Mitch said, Anne's got a crush on Doomfist. Well, I do. I have a crush on, like, <laughs> lots of characters, actually. Um, and Hanzo. Anyways, <laughs> no, <laughs> lots of characters. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is, I have long been a, a big fan of Cadgar. Sorry, Rossi quote that was in parentheses do either of the gentlemen hosts have an npc that gives them warm fuzzies balak p.s my nine-year-old son q loves when somebody says welcome to podcast <laughs> so we get rush up podcast host you <laughs> welcome to podcast anyway um so yeah do do you guys have any any characters that give you warm fuzzies i have so many so many diva's <laughs> cute but i mean that's that's a pretty obvious answer i think uh, well, I think anyone who's ever seen any of my Diablo coverages can tell I like the female barbarian. <laughs> because I use her, I exclusively oh, use yeah. her. I exclusively <laughs> use her in any screenshot or you know image where I'm talking about Diablo. It's like the female barbarian is the only character who exists in this game. What are all the other possibilities? Nope, just female barbarian. That's it. Um, I, and for that matter, Zarya. Quite frankly, uh, I may have a type. Um, Kind of like May too, I, I guess. I'm also I'm disturbingly attracted to to Reinhardt. Uh, he he is a very very handsome man. Reinhardt's great. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's a very handsome man. I I'm sorry. Uh, Anduin Lothar. I I don't know if I call it warm fuzzies in the crush sense, but I if Anduin Lothar showed up in game and was like, "We're going to go somewhere," I'd be like, "Yeah, we're going there." Nope, don't do not argue with Lothar. I don't, why are you talking? Why are we not all already on the boat? Yes, Horde 2, get on the <laughs> boat. Lothar said something. So, yeah, I, th- I guess that's it for me. And I honestly, I may not like Cadgar as a character that much right now, but, I mean, the voice acting, t- Tony Amendola, you know, it's it's unfortunate that Blizzard decided to put Tony Amendola in two of the jerkiest roles. I, because... I don't think Cadgar's a jerk. I think he's a lovable goof. I'm sorry, but he also did Odin. So you oh, at least Odin, give me Odin? Odin, no, Odin's the... Yeah, freaking worst. But, but the worst. But Tony Amendola is so great that at times you laugh at stuff Odin said and then realize, oh, Odin said that. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. Tony Amendola, Braytac there. Oh, hey, the phone's ringing. That's great. Sorry. Anyway, I'm done. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of other characters, um, but I 
can't off the top of my head, and I meant to look into this a little more. Um, but Diva was the first one to come to mind because she's the closest to my age, and I don't know if there. How many like young characters are there? Like younger in WoW? I know we were talking about this with regards to Anduin and his potential queen, but we've had a ton of younger characters. Most of them have been around, like you know, since the first war. Corvos seems cute, I guess. Don't know okay. much about her, but yeah. <laughs> and Blackwell in the chat channel says Lily. <laughs> yeah, well, she Le- is young. Lily is voiced by Amy from Futurama, and it's hard to not associate that in my mind. Well, yeah, and then they said that Valera is youngish. She's youngish for a blood elf, yes. Yeah. I don't really look at like the age of a character when I when I go oh. Are these crush worthy or not? I just look at the character and if I get heart eyes, then yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Renhart just, yeah. He's just so nice. He's, he's, I just like him. I would totally be evil pals with, with Alarak. He's abundant with heroic enthusiasm and I enjoy that. <laughs> I remember that poster. My hair was fantastic. <laughs> But yeah, if, if I think more, I'll I'll chime in at random intervals during the podcast. Don't worry. Okay, well that's fine. <laughs> we'll just move on to the next email then. <laughs> next email is from Aeon Quillipoth. Quillipoth. You say that right. Quilli- it's actually clip clip off. Clip off. Okay. Clip cool. Off. Great. What a horrible name. <laughs> I'm sorry. I get. I get the reference, Aeon. I liked it. <laughs> Aeon Clipoth. Okay. Who says, Hi, Blizzard Watch. My question is on Chronicle Volume 3, which we just finished talking about. So we know it'll have the stories of characters introduced in Warcraft 3. Why do you think Taronda is on the cover? It made sense that Medivh was on the cover of the first volume because you could imply that he's writing the Chronicle or at least reading about it in Karazhan. And Gul'dan was on the cover of the second volume because he was the most pivotal character in the story of Rise of the Horde. I look back at Warcraft 3 and you have more pivotal characters that would go on the cover. Perhaps I'm coming at this from the perspective of Warcraft 3 nostalgia because the Night Elf campaign may have had her a playable hero but once Furion is introduced she quickly plays second banana to him Maiev gets more relevance in the expansion than her where all she does is go on a surprise river cruise through Blighted Lordaeron <laughs> okay right now we've just established like I, I would now have to add uh, Taronda to my list of people I have a crush on except it's much more of a scared crush because Taronda would, would murder me <laughs> Surprise river cruise. It's like being ambushed by the jungle cruise in uh, Disneyland. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're on a raft with a man and horrible puns. Um, why Taronda on the cover? Why not Taronda yeah, she's awesome. on the cover? Because Taronda is one of those Hallmark characters. Taronda's been there since the War of the Ancients and everything. Taronda's been leading the Night Elf people since then. And really, that thir- that whole Third War scenario is where the Night Elves first are kind of introduced to Warcraft. That's where they first showed up, was Warcraft 3. That's where we first got our first major look at them, was Warcraft 3. Yeah, the history of Night Elves dates back all the way to the War of the Ancients, but we didn't even really... I mean, there wasn't even a hint to their existence in Warcraft One or Warcraft Two. Yeah, I gotta they argue also. Thing. With the, yeah, <laughs> I I gotta argue seriously that it, she's Fury and Second Banana. It's the other way around. In Warcraft Three, as far as I'm concerned, playing the game, he's the Second Banana. Yeah, because he's been sleeping. That, yeah, not only has he been sleeping, but even when he's up and around, there's a part where he, she's like, "We, what? We're near Illidan. We gotta go wake him up." And he's like, no, we was for, he is forbidden. I forbid you. And she's like, you? 
don't forbid me anything. <laughs> and then she takes off and goes and does yeah. it anyway. Yeah, that's that's Taronda. That's why she's on the cover. Because she's the one where somebody t- where a night elf druid tells her what to do. She's like, the only the goddess may forbid me anything. Uh, I'm going. You can also, do what you want. We've already had two dudes on the cover. Yeah. Plus, I mean, this is also I the same woman that we I don't think it has she... anything to do with that, though. The only thing I don't, that No, I'm I don't think it has like, to do with it. I think it's The nice. only thing that I'm kind of like, oh, about is that she's wearing, like, the priestess gown on the cover. And I really <laughs> feel like that they should have put her in the armor, the sentinel yeah, armor. The, <laughs> the more the classic armor. Yeah, yeah the more why classic that, sentinel Anne? armor. Huh? Why is that? It, because she was leading them. Weird on mobile? Huh? No, He's making a reference to your tweet yesterday. Oh yeah, no that I think I think I seriously think that was just my iPad and for some reason the resolution compression on it. But I did like a triple take the first time I saw that cover. Anyway, regardless, no, I think she, she should be wearing the Sentinel armor because that's what we first see her in in Warcraft Three. She's like in the armor. She's leading people. She's riding around, shooting things, and you know, I don't know. For me, that's more iconic than the white gown, particularly the for way, that period of history. Leah's pretty cute, too. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, you know Leah is Diablo, right? <laughs> I I, yeah, I, do, but like, I feel like it could work. You're I feel happy. like it we, could work. We talked about either, other characters, way, too. So. Okay. Either way, I think it, okay. you know, her uncle might be sitting us down and telling us to listen to stuff a lot. But maybe she... So, yeah, Um, I just, I, I don't know. I, I felt like... I felt like the Sentinel armor would have been maybe more appropriate just because that's what, when we first encounter her in Warcraft 3, that's what she is. She's like that military leader almost um, and handling the Night Elf branch of that army that fought Archimonde during, yeah, you know, the peak absolutely. of the Third War. But I don't really have a problem with her being on the cover. Honestly, I felt like having Medivh on the cover of the first volume was a little odd just because we were dealing with ancient history and everything and maybe having a Titan on the cover would have been more appropriate, but that's okay. I think they were trying to kind of release that one around the movie too. No. Right? No. No. Were they? Well, they, I mean, they sort of tied it into the expansion, like, didn't they? No. Never no. mind. Gul'dan <laughs> was sort of, sort of more expansion. Gul'dan but... was definitely, having Gul'dan on the second cover made a lot of sense because it was focusing a lot on Draenor. And a lot of the pivotal moments in Draenor's history were because of Gul'dan and things that he had done. So that made sense. To me, that made sense. I think that the first volume, you know that really, really, really cool piece that they had in the interior that had, like, it was the um, profiles of, like, all of the Titans, and they were kind of lined up in a row, and it was all cosmic looking. Yes. That should have been the cover. <laughs> that should have just been on the cover. It would have been great. That would have been a good. That would have been a good one. Yeah, it would have been a good cover piece because everybody would have been like, "Oh, what is this? Oh, cosmic stuff, neat." But yeah, I, I not that I'm objecting to Medivh because I love Medivh to death. So yeah, um, I I hope that answers your question, Aeon Clipoff. Did I pronounce <laughs> that right, Rossi? It's Clipoff or Clipoff. So it's it's a it's a reference to the Sephiroth. Oh. Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, we're going to answer our last email real quick here. And that's from Clampett, who is a level 110 troll beastmastery hunter on Ravenholt US. He says, greetings, watchers. While doing a Warden's Tower world quest, I noticed that some of the NPCs I was killing were labeled as a quote-unquote Gilnean wizard. 
While I don't have your wealth of experience with World of Warcraft, I don't recall ever seeing a wizard anywhere else in the game. So I was wondering, is there any lore connected with these Gilnean wizards? What school of magic do they pull from? And are there any other wizards elsewhere in the game? Thanks, Clampet. It's just another name for a mage, dude. Yeah, it, there are other wizards in the game. I, I checked Wowhead just to be sure before I said that. Um, I think it's. I, I do think it's another name for a mage. Uh, if anything, I would say maybe they lean towards arcane magics, but I don't. I think it's just another name for a mage that is, you know, kind of a fantasy staple. So it's like, yeah, we don't have, you know, a whole lot of wizards. Let's throw some in. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically it's it's a mage. <laughs> it's it's some somebody that practices magic. Really, I wish there. I wish there were a more exciting answer than that. To be honest, because. It's, you know how you have people that are sometimes named sorcerers? Okay, sorcerer, wizard, mage, arcanist. Um, the fact that you have, like, the, any the, other... there's the well, there's witch and, witch and, and wizard, warlock. So. Huh? Witch and warlock, aren't they the no, same Rossi. thing? No, Rossi. There's the, I'm looking at the aged Dalaran wizard right now. They come from Dalaran. They're just people from Dalaran. They're just wizards. There's wizards. It's... Maybe the wizards have longer beards. Maybe there's a uh, He does have a pretty long beard. He's yeah. got a pretty long beard here, but. Okay. What about the Gilnean ones? Do they have long beards? Because the beard thing might be a requisite to being called a wizard. Magistrix, that's a, there's another name for it. Spellcaster. Magistrix. So yeah, there's there's it's just terminology, that's all. Um I don't know why they decided to call the Gilnean ones wizards instead of Gilnean mages, but um I don't know. To me, thematically anyway, a Gilnean wizard sounds better than a Gilnean mage. I don't know why. <laughs> the real question is why are you killing the heroes of Gilneas? But you know, we all know that you probably a horrible horde. Because great that's means one of the few ways ahead. where you could get some guaranteed marks so that you could take the marks and turn them in for your transmog sets. See, I I don't do that because I kill the proper people, the AKA horde forces. Oh. I'm just saying. Well, I don't have that option. My option always involves murdering a lot of lions. And nine times out of ten, it's Gilneas people, because apparently they're the only ones that are, like, putting up an opposition in PvP towers. Sort of like how the undead are the only people that are putting up an opposition in the Horde PvP towers. It... Did you edit this? Can you huh? put in Sylvanas' voice line instead of me yelling, Greymane's forces hold the sword and tower? I think people would love that. No. I think well, That's not going to happen. I'm sorry. <laughs> That would require more effort than I'm willing to put in, Mitch. <laughs> no other reasons. Just don't want to put in the effort. It's also copyrighted material, <laughs> probably. Just use less than eight seconds. So regardless, over. regardless, uh, Clampet, there's not really, I don't, I don't think that there's really any other lore reason for them to be called that. Uh, Gilneans have different names for things. Like they have, well, they have the witches. They have like the hedge witches. Yeah. Yeah, the priestesses of the harvest, like Celestine of the harvest, who are just witch, druids. Excuse me, not a hedge witch. The harvest witch, and those are yeah, they're they're druids. They're not like mages. So, Gilneas was cut off from the rest of society. So maybe their terminology just didn't catch up. Maybe they were all called wizards once back in the day, back when Gilneas was still a thing before they locked themselves behind a wall and just sat there. <laughs> yeah, maybe later on. When Stormwind came into power and they were the only cool kingdom left because they hadn't, you know, died to the plague or anything, they said, you know what sounds better than a wizard? A mage. Let's just use that word instead. And meanwhile, Gilneas, cut off from the rest of society, is like, no, a wizard is good enough for us. I'm making things yeah. up now. <laughs> yeah. Lizard Watch. We don't make things up. <laughs> 
It's true because it's on the internet. No. Um, <laughs> so thanks for the question, Clampett. And that wraps us up for emails, and that also kind of wraps us up for the show. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast through the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you, Anne. Uh, remember, if you have an email for the show, please send it to a podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or Blizzard Watch in the subject line so we know it's for this show. And as a heads up, you know, we're always looking for emails. Uh, we'd love to have them on any subject you want to, you know, any Blizzard game. Uh, it can be about lore or it can be about mechanics. It could be about, you know, spending wow gold on playing another game, for instance, anything. We, we are totally down for any subject involving Blizzard. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm the host. I'd like to say welcome to podcast for everybody here. Uh, Thank you guys. And we'll be here next week.